Don't you love it when God speaks to you? You know, I could just hear the voice of God calling to me. And that is a precious thing. You know, Moses, when he saw the burning bush, he said in his heart, Lord, I'm going to turn aside. He was going to turn aside from his course and what he was doing because all of a sudden he saw the presence of God as Pastor Tom was speaking about this morning. And from the very moment that he said in his heart, I shall turn aside, God began to call his name, Moses, and began to speak to him. So when you experience the presence of God coming to you, and you hear the voice of God, turn aside, turn aside, Because he always has something so wonderful to say. So I began to get right up and I began to write down different things that he was saying to my heart. Many of which we're going to, we're going to hear about tonight. But you know, God's voice, when he's speaking to us, just like scriptures just rolling and you hear his voice so clear and the, the, the scripture, it's full of revelation. It's full of understanding. And that's the voice of God. So it's important to recognize that so that you can give heed to it. And so I began to hear the phrase that Pastor Brenda had been ministering on and we had been praying about in ladies' prayer. Step out of the traffic. Take a long, loving look at me, your high God, above politics, And above everything else. So that's out of Psalms 46 in the Message Bible. And you know, Pastor kind of elaborated as we were sitting there, as Pastor Brendan was ministering that. He said, look at that word, traffic. Because sometimes the Holy Spirit will quicken you to a word. So you look it up and it has something there. Well, that word that he saw, the definition of, it meant interference. Interference. And so interference is something that we deal with in traffic. Have you ever been in rush hour traffic where you're just stopped and it's gridlock? Well, you know what's worse? When you're in rush hour traffic and other drivers are cutting you off. Or how about sitting down here on Winton Boulevard? Have you ever done that? I know Ingrid has. You sit at that light and you sit there one light, two lights, three lights, four lights. And what's worse than that is when you're sitting there and you're late. So it interferes with your flow. It interferes with your course. And so the word tells us to step out of traffic. So I have a question for you. What in your life is interfering with your heart and soul? What is interfering with your peace and your ability of being and doing right? Step out of the traffic. Take a long, loving look at our what? Our most high God. Above politics, above everything else. 
You know, I had noticed something. I had noticed that my heart had been a little troubled. And I'd felt a little anxious about some things. And so, of course, we know we live in troubled times. Amen? We live in the last days, at the end of time, really. And things can trouble your heart if you let them. But what did Jesus say? Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be what? Afraid. We're just about to step over into eternity, folks. And stepping over into eternity is where time no longer exists. Amen? Jesus himself instructed us that when we begin to see things that the Bible talks about in the last days, wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes, famines, uh, people who are ungrateful, unthankful, disobedient to parents, without natural affection, these are things coming on the earth. He, He said to do something. Instead of looking at these things, he said to what? Look up. Why? Because your redemption is drawing nigh to you. So when my heart begins to get troubled, it's a cue to me. When your heart gets troubled, it's a cue for you. It's a cue for you to do exactly that. Look up and behold him. Just behold him. The Lord started dealing with me specifically about stepping out of the traffic of the news media. And especially concerning this year's election. You know, there's in the world a spirit that works. And it's a spirit of strife. Disunity. That causes division. That causes so much turmoil in the heart of man. You know what it does? It causes fear to arise in your heart. And Jesus said, take heed what you hear. Take heed what you see. And when you're around the spirit of strife, it begins to try to enter into your own heart. And I don't know about you, but I'm not going to have it. Because the Bible says that the power of God falls when there's unity. Not when there's strife. Not when there's division. And I think the best thing that we can do is sometimes just get into that place of prayer. So I was just kind of feeding too much on it. We had had the debates. We had had other commentaries. And you know, it's easy to want to know what's going on. So, you know... I just began to say, okay, God, I'm going to look at you. You're above politics. You're above everything else. I'm going to have faith in God. And so the Lord began to show me out of Psalms 46 uh, in verses 3, 7, and 11, this phrase. Okay, this is the same passage that we just read about stepping out of the traffic. There's a phrase that goes on three different times in that whole chapter. And it says this, Jacob wrestling God fights for us. 
God of angels' armies, protect us. Now, I started thinking about that. You know, anytime you start looking to anything or anyone else, that thing or that one becomes an idol. It's idolatry, really. When we look to anyone or anything else to protect us, this passage of scripture says the God of angels' armies are going to protect us. And people are so fearful if this one gets in or if that one gets in. Oh my, what's going to happen? I'll tell you what, the God of angels' armies is going to protect us. He's going to, that's who I'm putting my faith in. To put faith in anything or anyone else is like putting faith in a broken bone. It won't support you. It will let you down. You'll have misplaced faith and God cannot work to his greatest degree. Amen. So are you looking to a person, a political party to protect us and keep us safe? Or are we looking to our loving heavenly father? Amen. (laughs) Glory to God. I put my trust in you. Some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, but I'm going to trust in the name of the Lord, my God. Amen. I wanted us to look at that uh, chapter in the NIV translation. So if you all would put that up, I would appreciate that so much. I'm just going to read this chapter because it's really important for you to see the context of everything else that is being said there. It is the verse in verse 1 that says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in time of trouble. He's our present help. Amen? Therefore, because of that, we will not what? We will not fear. Did you know that the word of God says that men's hearts will fail them for things coming on the earth because of fear and stress and anxiety and worry over the stock market, over this, over that? We will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, Though its waters roar and foam from the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river, you see, (laughs) whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the most high dwells. You know, in the Spirit-filled Bible, it talks about a peaceful river of supply in God's sanctuary that produces Life. Life is in the river of God. Are you drinking from it? God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. It says in the spirit filled Bible, that's usually when the enemy attacks at the break of day. Nations are in uproar. Is that not true? 
kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice and the earth does what? The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. The dissolutions he has brought on the earth. He makes wars to cease to the ends of the earth. And he shall establish that peace on earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, God says, be still and know that I am God. That's something that we must do. We must be still. We must still our minds. We must still our busyness to know that he is God. But you know that's twofold. Who else is God speaking to? He's speaking to the enemy. He's saying, be still. No, I am God. What did he speak to the storm? What did Jesus say? Peace, be still. Amen. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is what? He's with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So again, we have to meditate on the fact that he is our present help. And that word meditate, you know, it means to mutter. It means to ponder. The Jews actually had an, a term for it, and I forget the name of it, but it's where they it was intense prayer, where they just uh, shut everything else out and did not allow it in and began to hear what God was saying. When you begin to meditate upon his word, you begin to digest his word. And when you digest his word, you extract the nutrients from it that make you strong. That make you mighty. So we have to be still to take time to meditate. I know I have a little story for you. Pastor Brenner was just preaching on angels, wasn't she? And I loved that series on angels. If you weren't here, get it. But we had been hearing about, you know, angels and how they assist us and, you know, what their role is. And it was being stirred up in me afresh and anew. And so I had a meeting scheduled with Helen and Charles Woods. And they came on up to my office. They came up to, we met actually in the other room. But um, we were discussing a project that we're all working on. And when they arrived, you know, Charles didn't really look that good. And I said... Charles, you okay? You okay, brother? And he said, I mean, he looked like he was just like bowed over and he was in a lot of pain. And he said, well, he said, you know, I lost my glasses. And he says, I've got all this eye strain. And I'll tell you, something rose up on the inside of me so strong and with authority. Isn't that right, Helen? And I said, in the name of Jesus, and I, de- I declared, angels go. 
and bring those glasses back in Jesus' name. Well, they'd been missing a week. Isn't that right, Helen? So we finished up our meeting, and he went downstairs. And when he came, all of a sudden, I, I was walked over to, to Jane's office next to mine, and they came running into the office. And I said, did you forget something? What's going on? And so Charles is looking at me, and I'm not noticing that he's wearing the glasses. <laughs> and I mean, isn't this right, Helen? His whole countenance changed. He came down the stairs, and before he entered the, the foyer, as he was entering, he looked over to a section over here, I believe, where the information center was, right? Where he had looked before, where he probably could not see without his glasses. <laughs> and the Lord immediately directed his eyes, and there were his glasses. Now, I believe the angels of the Lord brought them back. And that's the kind of power that comes from meditation upon his word. Where you declare a thing and it is established. Amen. It's not just any old thing. The word thing is the same word as rhema. It's a rhema word. It's God's word revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Praise God. So, you know, we'd been holding the word concerning angels. And beholding is such an important thing that we see all throughout scripture. Do you remember when the children of Israel were so frustrated and they were murmuring and complaining and they were wandering in the wilderness? Well, they had been there 39 years and five months. And after 39 years and five months, they began to mumble so much and murmur so much, God just got angry. And he sent fiery serpents. And I believe they were probably called fiery serpents because of the inflammation that they caused when they, you know, venom bit the people. So the problem was the fiery serpents. But God established a way of escape from the fiery serpents that they had really self-inflicted themselves with by their disobedience, by their fear, by their, their murmuring, by their complaining. Take note of that, people. Amen. And so God told Moses to make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, didn't he? And he said, anybody who got bit by one of the fiery serpents, if they would just look at the pole, they would not die. Now that was, of course, a type of and shadow of Jesus looking to the cross. But they had to behold that. And we too have to behold the power of the cross. So that when the enemy comes in and begins to bite and try to steal and try to kill and try to destroy. And you see that inflammation starting to rise. You got to do something. You got to look up and you got to get, you got to get orders from headquarters. 
You got to get direction. God's going to lead you differently. He will never lead you exactly the same way. He does not want you to trust in a formula. He wants you to trust in him. So look up. Behold him. Get direction from God. He'll show you exactly what to do. Step by step by step by step. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Looking away from everything else that does distract. Looking away from the fiery serpents. You know that that took faith to do that. And to take their eyes and fix them. Well, again, as the Lord began to deal with me about looking away and stepping out of the traffic, I decided, okay, that's it. I'm fasting the TV concerning these things. And I just decided I was going to cut it off because it was affecting my spirit. And I cannot afford that. Not even a little teeny bit. Okay. So stepping out of it, I decided I would replace it with something else. And I began to replace it with the word, replace it with prayer. Amen? Because that's what's going to help. That's what's going to help our nation. You know, you can, you can actually fast, you know, many, many things, not just food. But you can fast food. I fast any information about that that was, that was pulling on my spirit. You could, you could uh, fast your favorite drink. You know, you could fast uh, noise. Again, TV and radio, um, anything that has your attention, anything that has a hold on you. Social media. How about social media? A lot of people are addicted to social media. It's very easy to get on there and have an hour pass. How about phones and texting? I have a brother-in-law that doesn't have a cell phone. Louie doesn't have a cell phone. No. And I think, how can you survive without a cell phone? Can never get a hold of him, you know, can never send that text. But, you know, he walks in a different kind of peace because he just doesn't uh, get connected in that way. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important to understand that when you do take on these things and you do begin to fast, God begins to, you begin to hear his voice clear. See, the per- that's really the purpose of fasting. Is to get connected to God. It's not going to make God do something. I hear people go on 40-day fast so that, um, so that, you know, somebody will be delivered from something or whatever. You know, that's works. Fasting brings you closer to him. Fasting helps you to abandon yourself to him. And I'll tell you what, the first day it was hard for me not to turn on the TV and find out what's going on. I wanted to do it so many times. I said, no, I'm not going to do it. No. The next day was still a little bit hard, but it got a little easier. And it's been about, what, six days now? And I'm telling you what, I don't miss it. There's no longer a pull on me for it. I just want to know what he says. He's going to tell me how to vote in the camp of the Lord. Amen? Amen. And he'll tell you too if you're not full of all this other stuff. Right. Yeah. How many of you had to kind of step out of the traffic on those things? Because, I mean, it'll pull on you. Yeah. <clears throat> in Psalms 1, it says, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. 
And so that's what God was saying to me. You know, there's a lot of reasoning. There's a lot of leaning to your own understanding when you listen to that kind of stuff. But I'll tell you what, I'm, you don't have to walk there. You can be informed without, you know, um, saturating yourself. But sometimes you do have to cut it off. And then it says, um, not, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners. Start entering into sin over things. Maybe it's not that, but maybe it's other things. Nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Do you see the progression? You walk, you stand, you sit. That doesn't mean that you don't have, um, you know, a relationship with people in the world. It just means that you place a guard over yourself and you limit that. But you do show the love of God. So there's a ditch on either side, right? All right. So, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he do what? Meditate day and night. And he shall be like a what? Like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in his season, and his leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. Now, I looked up, um, I Googled, don't you love to Google certain things? I like to Google things. So I Googled roots. Do you know there's all kinds of roots? I think we do have a PowerPoint. Is that right? Do you have it up there, oh, Johanna? It's a picture, right? Yeah, it's a picture. There it is. There it is. Okay, there's a tree. Do you see those roots? The roots are bigger than the tree. In this particular situation, the roots are underground. You can't see them, but they are there. I found out that there's tr- roots that are deep. There's roots that are wide. There's roots that are above the ground. There's roots that are below the ground. There's roots that have one root with little roots off of them. And then there's roots like this. But I was so interested in that because that was one of the things God was speaking to me about. Where am I putting my root and what am I allowing my root to drink from? Okay. So you can drink from rivers of living water or you can drink from rivers that are toxic. And you have to be careful because the only thing that's going to discern that sometimes between the soul and the spirit is the word. So what waters are you drinking from? If you're drinking from, you know, maybe there's something that's happened in your past. Maybe there's been a death. Maybe there's been a loss of a job. Maybe there's been divorce. Maybe there's been things that's happened in your family history. But if you allow your root to drink from that, guess what? It's going to affect the kind of fruit that you produce. Because the fruit comes from the root. Amen? And so I began to look around some more about this root and root systems and, you know, again, how diverse they are. And a lot of times I found out it depends on the soil, how deep the roots can go. Depends on the soil. And you know, the Bible says that our hearts are soil. It's like soil. So again, the seed is what is, you know, the first thing that's planted. And the seed, when it's God's seed, it's incorruptible. Some people get worried about the soil. Don't worry about the soil. Pray for the soil. God will, you know, um, he will plow up the fallowed ground in a person's heart when you pray. The seed is incorruptible. 
So don't focus on the soil or the person. Focus on the seed. Isn't that what Patsy taught us? Focus on the seed. So people have roots that live in them. And if it's a good root, it's, it produces a good tree and good things come from it. But you know, sometimes there's roots of bitterness the Bible speaks of. There's roots, the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. And sometimes, you know, people want to, you know, do some things to help themselves. So they just cut off the top of the tree. But guess what? If you cut off the top of the tree, you still have roots. And those roots will grow the tree back. I had a tree in my front yard. You guys will remember. And we had the tree. uh, Well, I thought it was going to be trimmed, but it looked like, oh my gosh, it was so barren. There was like nothing left. It was a big eucalyptus tree, huge tree, and it was, had huge branches. And I was like so devastated when I saw what that tree looked like. But I'm telling you what, they didn't, they didn't kill the roots. And in a matter of just months, that eucalyptus tree, it needs to be trimmed again. You know, because it'll spring back up. So what's in you will spring back up. Jesus actually cursed The fig tree. Do you remember that? And it dried up from what? Its root. I want to read that to you. The story of um, the fig tree. We're going to pick it up in verse uh, 20 of Mark chapter 11. It says, And in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Well, you know, the fig tree didn't produce fruit. It wasn't doing what it was supposed to do. So Jesus cursed it. So this is the next morning, they're passing by it. And Peter calling to remember and saith to him, Master, behold, the fig tree, which thou cursest, it's withered away. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall do what? Say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not what? Doubt in his heart. So this has given us um, wisdom on how we deal with the root. You got to speak to it. But if he doesn't doubt in his heart and shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he's going to have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say to you, What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you what? And you shall what? Ooh, I like that answered prayer. But then he goes on to say this. He says, and when you stand praying, you've got to do something. You've got to forgive. If you have aught against any, that your father, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your father in heaven forgive you. Wow, that's pretty heavy. Sometimes we have to examine ourselves. I said, Lord, I don't think I have any forgiveness, do I? And all of a sudden, he revealed something to me. I said, oh, okay, Lord. I need to deal with that. So now I want to look at Luke 17. Here's another picture of Jesus and talking about a tree. Luke 17, verses 3 through 6. 
It says, Take heed to yourself. If thy brother trespasses against thee, rebuke him. And if he repents, do what? Forgive him. If he trespasses again against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. And the apostles said to the Lord, Lord, increase our faith. I don't know about that. I can't swallow the whole roll. But, you know, <coughs> Jesus went on to say this. And this is another a word of wisdom for us. It says, if you have faith, the grain of a mustard seed, then you might say to this sycamine tree, be thou plucked up from the root and be thou planted in the sea. And it should what? It shall obey you. What's he talking about here? Is he really talking about trees? No, he's talking about what roots are in you. And if there's a root of bitterness, if there's a root of unforgiveness, you got to deal with it. How do you deal with it? Whosoever shall say. You got to speak to it. You know, counseling's good, but it doesn't take the whole root out. You got to do what God says. You got to say, I forgive. Sometimes people want to attach a feeling to forgiveness. But guess what? It has nothing to do with feelings. Nothing at all. Sometimes feelings eventually come. But it's a choice you've got to choose. You choose to forgive. Lord, I forgive them. By faith. Amen? Amen. Well, you know, I get interested in these things, and I was interested in the sycamine tree. What about that, Lord? So I Googled it. Do you know that there's a lot about the sycamine tree? And if you Google it, look it up. Here's what I found out about this tree. Sycamine trees, they grew in the Middle East because they grow in dry places. Now catch the spiritual application to this, where there's no water. When you're not watering your soul, your spirit, guess what? Things grow. Things take root. Another thing I found out is that um, these particular trees have the deepest root structures of all trees in the Middle East. It's very hard to kill them. They're in abundance. Um, the root structure is so deep that they actually draw water from the wells underneath the earth. Like some of these trees, they grow 30 feet high. And some of the roots are 30 feet deep and deeper, and they're wider. That's a root structure. Boy, when something like that takes root in you, <laughs> Glory to God. Let's make it the word. Amen. Let's make it the word. And so it begins to grow real quickly to this tree. That's the thing about this tree. So like the eucalyptus trees I was talking about, these trees grow really fast. And Jesus used this tree as an example of bitterness, unforgiveness, strife, division, Hmm. Roots of bitterness, they can run really deep in a person. 
hallelujah, Father, help us to pluck it up and get rid of it. Amen. Because the Bible says that the root of bitterness in you will spring up and thereby many get defiled. So, um, again, if you don't clear the root out, it again begins to grow back. It begins to spring up again and again and again and again. And just when you think you dealt with it, it springs up again. But you can get rid of it. The fruit of the sycamine tree, another thing about it, it was bitter. It was sort of like the mulberry tree, but the mulberry tree, the figs off of that tree are sweet and they're easy to eat. But the sycamine tree usually was um, a tree that um, the poor gathered the fruit and they could only eat little bites of it at a time because it was so hard and so bitter. The wood from the sycamine tree, now this is really interesting, you guys. You know what they'd used it for? They used it for making caskets. Whoa, it's right. Caskets that carried dead corpses. And when you carry around unforgiveness and bitterness and those things, like I was saying, even that the media can stir up on the inside of you or situations in your own personal life that have taken root. Wow. Those are the things that really do kill joy, kill peace, and eventually kill you. Causes disease. Causes heartache, heart failure, headaches, stomach aches. And you're not free. Glory to God. And we want to be free. Amen? You know what pollinates the tree? Get this. Wasp. Love Google. Did you know that a wasp can sting you? And when you get stung by a wasp, if you're not careful, you can blame somebody else when they come along. My little granddaughter got uh, stung by a wasp and her, her little hand swelled up really big. And I went over there to, to touch it to see if I could help her. And she was so angry at me, Riley Grace, because, <laughs> because I was touching a place that the wasp had stung. I didn't sting her. <laughs> and that's what a root of bitterness does, you know? You start blaming the wrong people and you have misplaced anger. So we got to get rid of it. Amen. Praise the Lord. By faith, we got to choose these ways. By faith, we got to choose to walk with God, to meditate on what he says. I love this. Oh, let me tell you something else too, before I get to that, because I'm going to close in just a minute. But I want to say this, you know, Here's an area where unforgiveness really kind of gets in there and you don't even realize it. It's a place of giving. You know, where people open up and they give. The Bible says that you're to give. We've been speaking about the joy of generosity. And that is so scriptural. We need to be generous people. But the Bible says this about giving. The Bible says, as a man purposes in his heart, 
so let him give. And so here's what happens. A lot of times people give because there's a need out of necessity. What's the other things in that passage of scripture? Compulsion. They have compulsion for whatever reason. What else? Someone? Don't give uh, because there's a need. Don't give out a compulsion. But God loves a cheerful, prompt to do it giver whose heart is in their giving. And I find this in my life, that when I give beyond what I purpose in my heart, there's no grace. You see, I believe God will put something in you that will be birthed from that spirit of generosity, birthed in your heart to give thus and so. So sometimes you might not have it in your hand, but you give it because God said to. Other times, maybe you do have it, but you know, you got a purpose in your heart to give it, whatever it is. Because if you give beyond what God puts in you to do, now I'm not talking about tithing. I'm talking about just general giving, you know? giving of your time, your talent, your treasures and offerings and things like that, or to other people. You know, when you give beyond what you purpose in your heart and there's no grace, it is a hard road. Amen? It's a place where you're sorry that you opened that door and you don't know how to close it. Have you ever been there? I have many times. So let that be a guide to you. Lord, what about this? And let God put in you what he wants you to do. What is your part in this? And then you do that and no more and no less. Amen. Amen. And that's where you're blessed. That's where there's grace. That's where there's joy in giving. Amen? Amen. And that's where you close the door to unforgiveness. Because I'll tell you what, that is a way that unforgiveness can just walk right into your house, right into your home, and sit on the, on the couch with you. You know? When you find yourself in that place. But you know, I just thank God for the, for the word that we're taught here at Heart of the Bay. Because this is what we've learned to do. We've learned, like in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17, that we're to, that Christ may dwell in our hearts. Let's read that together. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you may what? Be rooted and grounded in love. Love doesn't give everything that you have away to someone else. That's not good stewardship. Amen? Glory to God. But you got to be rooted in the God kind of love. That's what God says to be rooted in. His love. His strength. Colossians 2. It says, Colossians 2 verse 6 and 7 says, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so do what? Walk ye in him. Rooted. And built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, 
abounding therein with thanksgiving. Oh, I just love that. Because that is what my heart's desire is, to be rooted in him, to be built up in him, not in myself, not in other things that the world has to offer. But I want to be established in the faith. I want to be taught of the Lord. And when you're taught of the Lord, great is your peace and undisturbed composure. When you're taught of the Lord, you're going to be what? Abounding with thanksgiving. And that's one of those fruits that you've got to let rise up on the inside of you every day. And you've got to say, Lord, I'm thankful for my hot water in my shower. I'm so thankful for that, Lord. I thank you that I have breath today, that I have eyes to see, that I have clothes to wear, that I have people who love me, that surround me, that I have the Holy Spirit dwelling in me. And with him, I'll tell you what. You can do all things through Christ who will give you strength. And you will not be defeated because you will not quit. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for the word of God tonight. We thank you, Lord, that we're not going to allow the wrong kind of roots to grow on the inside of us. We're not going to allow the kind that carry caskets. We're going to allow the fruit of the spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, the goodness, the patience, the kindness, the gentleness, the tolerance, the self-control, Lord. And we're going to be ones who carry your love, who carry the spirit of unity and the spirit of faith. And we're not going to be tossed to and fro by somebody on a TV or by situation that affect the world. We're going to keep our eyes fixed. We're going to step out of the traffic. We're going to put our eyes on the Most High God, our loving Heavenly Father, who loves us. And love cast out all fear. So get rooted in His love. Get established in His love for you. And Lord, you are above everything else, above politics and everything else, Lord. And so you are the God of angels' armies. And you say go and they go. And you say come and they come. And so Lord we are your mouthpiece in the earth. And we're looking to work with heaven. To commission angels. We look to you as our protector. To watch over. 
what you've started here in the United States of America. <clears throat> you've started a good work. And it doesn't matter what anybody else says. It doesn't matter what the, what the devil say. It's going to go God's way. Amen. Glory to God. <clears throat> every head bowed and every eye closed.